0: Welcome to PCTY Talks, a new podcast from the human capital management software provider, Paylocity. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson, and as an HR program manager at Paylocity, I will be navigating our journey together as we explore bite-sized topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, diversity and inclusion, and product knowledge. If you have an idea for a future podcast topic, please drop me a note at PCTYTalks at Kate and Cheryl, thank you for taking some time to get back on the podcast with me to talk about some of the questions that we had that came in through our back to school webinar that we did a couple weeks ago. So really glad you're here. Um, we're going to dive right in and go to the questions that were submitted. And Cheryl, I'd like to start with you actually. So here's the first question. We are a smaller company and we are struggling with offering creative work solutions for parents and others struggling to balance work and home right now. I'm not sure my leaders can think outside the box. What are some recommendations to ask employees what they want?
1: Um, so it's a great question. And I, I think the person who asked the question actually had the answer in the question, which is starting with asking the employees. And so if, if you're kind of tapped out and you feel like, you've you've come up with all the possible options you can conceive of and you're willing to consider alternatives, then I think it's worthwhile to actually just sit down with each of the individuals who has an issue. And perhaps the way that you position it is if you need an accommodation that's beyond what we've offered, get with your HR business partner or get with your manager and let's talk through what you think you would need so that you can stay in the workforce, which is a goal, right? We don't want people exiting the workforce prematurely or unnecessarily because there's a lot going on right now. So what kind of ideas do you have? And letting people know it doesn't mean you'll be able to do it, but you just want some of their thoughts and kind of you know, co-create the experience.
0: Yeah, I really like that idea of coming alongside the employee and really digging into what it is they want and then evaluating if that's something you can even offer as a company. Right.
1: And I think it's it's important that right now, rec- recognizing that if you're willing to accommodate it now, that doesn't mean you are forever going to accommodate that. And sometimes that's some of the feedback I've heard from my HR counterparts and other organizations as being a concern or from leaders being a concern that, well, if I let them do this now, does this mean I have to allow part-time work forever? And, and it's not ideal to have part-time employees or whatever that accommodation would be. And so it is helpful in advance to let people know, like, because we're in a very unique time, we're willing to consider accommodations during this really unique time. Once things start normalizing, we won't be able to offer, or we may re-look at these accommodations to see if they're sustainable or not, but giving yourself the ability to kind of put some guardrails around it and say, this is temporary and we're gonna see if it works and we'll reevaluate as conditions change and evolve.
0: It's a great lead in to my next question that's gonna go to you, Kate. Um, So for roles that are customer facing that do have some meetings or calls that need to happen during core business hours, what are good strategies that you have that you can share with um, those employees to help them communicate effectively with customers around their needs? For example, if an employee needs Tuesday and Thursday afternoons to care for a child and can't have those meetings and calls, what are some good messages that you can give that are customer-facing?
2: Yeah, That's a good question. It's funny that actually just happened. Um, I was working with someone on scheduling a meeting and she said to me, hey, I was trying to keep myself free during that time because I don't have childcare at that point. Um, And she said, but I can make it work if necessary. And so I think first is just setting expectations and I think being honest and transparent. I mean, in that situation, she was really honest with me and she said, look, I can try and make this work, but here's my situation. And I said, nope, the meeting is not nearly that important. So I think for customers, it's being honest about your situation. And then if there's a way to set expectations via your email signature or provide them with a calendar opportunity so they can actually sign up to get on your calendar, there's a bunch of different services that allow that. Um, My guess is that many of the customers that that people will be dealing with are probably going through a lot of the same things. And they might actually welcome knowing that you're struggling with the same thing that they're struggling with. And having that calendar opportunity um, might help from a transparency standpoint and, and from a boundary issue. I think the other thing is really just making sure that you're kind of talking about what 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 expectations is the company setting. So if as a company they're, you know, sending external messages to their customers saying, "Hey, we're being flexible or we understand what's going on." you know, with our, you know, with our employee base, and they're asking that the clients be flexible and understanding too, I think that goes a long way. So if you're in a position to influence that company communication, that's really helpful. Again, as I said before, there's a lot of customers out there that are probably dealing with the same things. And so if they know where you stand ahead of time, it's going to be a lot easier.
0: So um, I really love that example of the flexibility and really the messaging that the company can have. I think it It can help those that are employees in those roles trying to navigate that, being able to have that backing and understanding. Cheryl, back to you. And this question is really about leaders. So our company leaders want as much of our staff back on site, even though work can be done at home for many of our office staff. How can we get our company leaders to allow more flexibility for work from home for our employees? I've actually been having
1: this conversation with several H.R. people. And then also um, just at Paylocity, we have a lot of employees who have significant others and family members who work at other companies. And so they've been contrasting the approach that we've been taking at Paylocity with the approach of the people around them. Uh, And I think this goes into a a couple of different categories. So if you work for an organization that the the nature of your work requires you to physically be present, that's a whole different conversation. So um, my sisters both work in manufacturing, their job requires them to physically be on site because they are actually supervising a line. Um, so it, it's not practical to try to insist that they can work from home. Perhaps in that kind of setting, it might be, can I have one day a week where I'm working from home? Can I Can I kind of condense my hours during the day? So perhaps I'm working six hours a day in the office and two hours a day at home. So I have some flexibility to drop, you know, get my kids started and be there when they're done with school. So being a little bit more creative and flexible for for situations like that. If you go into an environment where the nature of the work doesn't mandate that they're actually working in person with people so that there is a reasonable... Um, a scenario where they could work from home. I think it's um, as an HR person, you're kind of that person who's uniquely positioned to have conversations with your leadership team to find out what are the, the mental blocks or the obstacles to having people work from home. And, and really, HR should be driving that conversation with the leadership team. You, you would, It would be unlikely that you're going to get a line-level manager who's going to be willing to go talk to the executive team and say, why can't we have a culture where we get to work from home more often? Um, I What I'm hearing in, in the circles I run in, that people um, generally are still a little fearful right now of job security. And so they're not as comfortable asking for things that could put them in a spotlight of, of being someone who might not be as, um, um, who, who might just have some concerns. And so people are trying to stay out of the spotlight, um, at least you know, that's what I'm hearing from, from other individuals. And so HR should be taking the lead and having that conversation with a leader and just find out like, what are the obstacles to working remotely? And is it more the optics of, I just like having people working in the office. I like seeing people come into the office the question would be, can we at least resume to a different schedule of working from the office? Can we allow people the flexibility to keep working you know, a few days a week or three days a week because that gives them the balance that they need? So I would say challenging a little bit of that thinking. The other thing I hear is the company may not actually have the technology or the practices in place to really support a productive or an effective work from home arrangement. And so that's an opportunity as well for HR to to partner with the leaders, or if you have a technology organization, partner with your technology organization to improve the work from home flexibility because post COVID, there are gonna be many companies who have found that they can do their work remotely and they will offer that as part of their employment value proposition. And so if you're one of those organizations who hasn't got on board with that and plan to just go straight back into working from the office, I think for you as an HR professional, reminding the leadership team that there are going to be plenty of organizations who have figured out this work from home thing and they're going to offer it again, like as I said, an employment value proposition. And if you're not starting to figure out how to do that more effectively, you will not win the talent wars. So there will be many people who are going to find a way to attract talent away from you. And so it it really becomes an important part. So things that you can do is Do people have laptops? Do people have, um, are people used to using cameras when they're doing Zoom meetings? I know I've worked for companies in the past that, you know, when you did have people who were remote, they never... They never dialed in with a camera on. They only dialed in through conference call. And then you'd be 10 minutes into the meeting and that person would message and say, hey, did anybody, did the call start yet? And everybody forgot about that person because they weren't looking for them. So if you migrate to having people generally required to have their cameras on, you'll find that it's a lot more conducive um, to those um, being more effective with that um, conversation. And even if you're sitting in a conference room, having your camera on on your laptop so that everybody can see each other in those conversations.
0: Yeah, going cameras on, um, you know, we, we've done that where when we were in the building, if you were mixed group, right? If you had remote and you had on site, it was so helpful to have those that are actually in the conference room having their laptops up um, so you can see and you can engage in the same, in the same way. So Kate, this next one's for you. Um, You know, HR professionals all around the country are still trying to navigate FFCRA. So this question is, in regards to FFCRA time off, is an employee able to take FFCRA time off to support slash care for a minor child if their child's school is doing partial openings slash at-home learning, as in the school is physically closed but electronically open, or must this be used by their regular PTO?
2: This is a big one. Um, I think the simplest answer is yes and but. So maybe we can break that down a little bit. So, yes, technically it applies. Here's why. Um, so, technically, the school is not open for physical attendance. So, the place where your child would go to be monitored and being taught in a physical building where someone else is providing care for their call well being in the moment is not open. However, it's really tricky because there's a lot of gray around this. There's no precedent. This isn't a law that's been in effect for years where we've been able to study and clarify it and have a lot of different cases to refer to. Um, So I would say look at it in a couple ways. If you're trying to only offer the minimum and you're saying, I want to do just what is the minimum required, then yes, if you're trying to offer extra flexibility Then, you know, more than what you're legally obligated, you know, then you can definitely do more than that. We really interpret it more as if you need care because the school is closed in person, then yes, you can use it. And, you know, we've provided some other benefits on top of that to help with that. But if you're really looking for, you know, sort of the minimum I would actually probably encourage you to reach out and get a a legal recommendation specific to your industry and specific to, you know, your company, your size, et cetera. You know, we are taking it just based on the guidance that, you know, we've gotten just like everybody else has. And it's how we've interpreted it. We're a much um, we're a very flexible company and we care a lot about the flexibility of our employees. So we've provided opportunities for our teams to do even more than what FFCRA requires. We do understand that that's not necessarily able for everyone to do it. So if you're looking for the minimum, I would say the answer is probably yes, You, it does qualify. But I would really reach out to um, legal just to get a very specific recommendation for your company.
0: Yeah, it's definitely something that's a little bit tricky to navigate and knowing um, exactly which pieces apply and don't. So I really appreciate you sharing um, your general recommendations and your interpretation of it. But but like Kit said, obviously, you'll want to seek out legal counsel if you have something very specific. Um, Cheryl, this next one's for you. How do we manage employees that don't have children but still want the same flexibility as those who do have children or parents to care for?
1: Great question. And this one becomes very tricky. Um, so I would, the way I would consider it is in two different categories. Category one is an actual accommodation that you're offering someone because of their circumstances and situation. And scenario two or option two or category two, whatever, I always do the, um, you know, I've got two things, one and B. And so I can't remember what I said first. But the other one would be flexible work environment that you're doing just simply to create a great culture and a great employee experience. And so really think about, first and foremost, your offerings and the decisions you're making as a company. Are the decisions that you're making in your offerings, are they accommodations and which ones are accommodations versus which ones are you're doing it because you want to create a great culture and a great work experience? So when you separate those out. So let's say one of your accommodations or one of the things that you're willing to do is you're allowing people to go to 980s, which is what we talked about in the webinar. So are you only doing that because of COVID and you only consider that an accommodation that you're making right now to provide flexibility? Or are you doing it because you actually generally think it creates a good work environment and a good employee experience? If you're doing it only for the accommodation, I would follow a similar process for an accommodation request and submit it as I have a request for an accommodation, my accommodation request is the following and here are the circumstances for which I need an accommodation. And then you evaluate it based on the needs of the accommodation. If it's more of you are creating this as a flexible work environment for everybody, then I think you generally allow this regardless of what people's situation is and that it really becomes nothing about their situation has nothing to do if they're you know, young, single, and, and you think they have no responsibility and therefore they shouldn't need anything. It has nothing to do with that. It's about you creating a great work environment and flexibility. So again, before you decide who you're going to offer what to decide the things that you're willing to do, are they accommodations only or, and, or are they things that you want to do because you want to create a great work environment?
0: I like that you brought up all those different groups and it really, plays into the next question that I want to end with. And and Kate, this one's for you. You know, we've been talking a lot about back to school and the complexities that come around kind of that season in life. Um, But I want to talk a little bit about mental health, right? Um, As HR professionals, I'm sure you're listening, you can all relate to the stress and anxiety and um, that you're all dealing with personally, um, let alone having to support employees. So Kate, the question is, what tools, resources, and approaches can HR professionals take to support all types of employees from a mental health perspective? Uh,
2: As a good question, you know, we talked a little bit about this on the webinar, so I think I'll probably break this up into a couple parts. One is, you know, tools and resources. So we could go really deep on this. We could talk about all of the paid subscriptions that are out there, all the different things. Um, you know, we currently use a vendor called Mequilibrium for resiliency. There's things like the Calm app. There's other meditation and kind of resilience things out there. There's vendors that are specifically for behavioral health, so virtual kind of one on one therapy. So, you know, that's sort of the one sort of the paid side if you're looking for an opportunity to really curate an offering for your employees, either paid for through premiums or by the company. And then there's, you know, what kind of resources are out there that I would say are are not paid and just sort of want to share. You know, one thing we use a lot that I find really helpful is NAMI, which is the National Alliance for um, Mental Illness. Um, And the reason I love NAMI so much is across all of their social channels, across their website, you know, they just post really great resources um, for people to sort of check in on themselves and make sure that their well-being is being taken care of and that they're taking the opportunity to sort of check in and make sure that, you know, the signs or things that, you know, could point you into an overloaded direction um, are being handled. So, NAMI is a great free resource. Um, they love providing opportunities from a sharing perspective. I follow them on Instagram. I check out their website, and they have just a variety of resources. You know, I think the third part of this question that I would say, and I said this a little bit on the webinar, and I'll continue to say this as people bring it up, is as HR people, um, we tend to take care of ourselves last. And when I say take care of ourselves, I don't mean, you know, um, a bath with a glass of wine and a book. I mean, giving ourselves time to actually stop and think, saying no to a meeting because you've been in meetings all day, um, you know, politely declining or not wanting to necessarily do a Zoom happy hour after you've been on Zoom all day. So I would say, you know, Part 1A of that is making sure you're taking care of yourself, find something that works for you, whether it's taking, you know, a 15 minute break to go for a walk or just walk around your house, Um, making sure that you're setting boundaries. This is something that I know I struggle with. And so I'm definitely giving advice on something that I still sometimes have a hard time with, but setting boundaries so people know that certain parts of your day are for you. Um, And then for your teams, just just being honest knowing that not everybody's the same not everybody wants to connect over a zoom happy hour um, at the end of a long day full of calls not everybody is comfortable meeting out meeting up for a socially distanced you know parking lot hangout some people really just want work to be work and home to be home and so listening to your employees to find out what they need before working through a proposal or a resourcing plan um, sometimes just sharing something as simple as like, hey, I saw this post on NAMI and see if anybody would be interested is a really great starting point to figure out what people need.
0: Really like that you mentioned NAMI and some of their free resources. If you are listening and you haven't checked them out, I will make sure to include the link in the show notes um, as well as a copy of the webinar that we did so that you can see some of those resources. Kate and Cheryl, thanks again for taking a few minutes out of your day to jump on and answer some of those follow-up questions.